You're listening to a podcast by Home Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast challenges you, inspires you, and most of all, helps you find home in Jesus. Enjoy the message. You know, whenever I was growing up, I, um, I was born in, in, in North Iowa. And uh, we only lived there for a short amount of my time, and so it's tough for me to say that I'm from Iowa. I am, but I mainly grew up here in Tulsa. But at the time, um, you know, I was about three years old and um, when this story took place. And I have two older brothers, and my middle brother, Brad, he's, when I was three, he would have been five. My oldest brother, Ben, who we call Benny D, uh, he would have been seven. And one day during the summer, we, had, uh, we were outside. We were always outside playing, uh, me and my brothers. And we were always outside in the backyard. Um, but Benny D was kind of the, he's the type of kid that always had great ideas. He always had these ideas of, hey, let's go and do this. He's super creative. He thinks outside the box. And one day, um, you know, my brother Ben, he was kind of old enough, seven, where he was helping, he would help my dad out quite a bit, maybe around the house. If we were, if my dad was working on the house, if my dad was doing a little bit of remodel or construction, my, my, we would always be out there and he would be helping. And so he had been uh, familiar with a little bit of construction and different things like that. And so one day, Benny D gets this idea. We're all outside and he says, hey, I got this idea. Let's build a ladder and then let's get on the roof of the house. Let's build a ladder. Okay, remember, three, five, and seven years old, okay? The seven-year-old is saying, let's build us a ladder and get on the roof. And at, at our house, the, the way it worked is the, the back um, yard, there was a covered patio that had a roof that came off of it. And so it wasn't way up in the air, but it was still quite a bit ways up in the air. And so um, we weren't big enough to, to get any real ladders out, or maybe that didn't cross our mind. But we said, we, ben, Benny D is the ringleader. He said, hey, let's go and let's, let's find some stuff. And, and I've seen Dad do this before. Let's build a ladder, okay? I've seen him build stuff. So I'll get the nails and a hammer, and you guys find some wood. So me and Brad go out, and we start looking, and we're looking for wood. And, you know, we find a few long pieces that will work for the kind of the structure of it. But we need some steps in the ladder. And so we go through, and we're in the garage, and we find a bunch of scraps, <laughs> pieces of wood. Well, eventually we run out. We don't have enough. And so, uh, you know, we go out into the yard and uh, we find some sticks that could work for, uh, that would support our weight probably on this ladder. And so we gather all of this wood and we lay it out and Benny D goes to work. He starts nailing all this stuff together and we're trying to space it out. We finally get it done and we raise it up and we put it up against this, this, this awning or this covered patio that comes out. And the, uh, the steps of the ladder, I mean, none of them are level. I mean, we're three, five, and seven, okay? None of them are level at all, all right? And so Benny D, of course, he gets, he's, he's Mr. Big Brave Guy, and so he's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try going up there. And so he kind of, he goes up a couple rungs of the ladder. No, I can't do it. He gets down. Brad, you try. So Brad goes up a couple rungs. He goes up a little bit farther than Benny D did. I don't know. I get a little too nervous. It's a little shaky. I don't know if I can go up there. So Benny D looks at me. I'm three. Hey, you're the lightest. If anything, it's not going to break on you. Just go for it, right? So me, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, what's the big deal? So I go, I get all the way up to the very top where I can touch the shingles of the roof. Three years old. No, I can't do it. I come back down. And we go through this again, probably like three or four times. Benny D goes up a little. Brad goes up a little. I go up, touch the roof. I can't do it. Finally, I do it, though. I get to the top. I'm touching the roof, and Benny D and B-Rad are down there, and they're saying, go for it, man. You're right there. Just get on the roof. Just go. And so I climb up there, three years old, 10, 12 feet in the air, right? I put my leg up there. I get on 
the roof from a homemade ladder. And as soon as I get on the roof, the way it worked, this roof kind of came up, and at the top, right over the house, when I met the house, there was a window right there that went inside to the stairwell. And as soon as I get totally on the roof, I look up and I look through the window, and I make eye contact with my mom. And if you've ever had this, like, oh, no moment, right, with your parents where it's like, I almost, it wasn't good, okay? I had a lot of thoughts go through my mind. Up until this point, I didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't think we would get in trouble. But as soon as I made eye contact and I saw the look on her face, what are you doing, right? She comes running down the stairs. She comes busting out the back door. What is going on here? There's this makeshift ladder. It looks like, I don't know, some, I mean, obviously a three, five, and seven-year-old made it, so it doesn't look good. And she's like, what is happening? She throws the ladder down, goes, gets a real ladder, which I guess was in the garage all along, which we should have done. She brings it out. She goes up. She grabs me, and she brings me down. And she's like, what were you guys thinking? What were you doing? And my response was, I don't know. Like, Benny D told me to. I didn't know I was going to get in trouble, right? He said he had experience building. I trusted him, and he let me down, obviously. He led me astray. What are we doing here? And as I realized really quickly that in those moments, I had to guard myself and how much I truly trusted Benny D's ideas from that point moving forward, and he had a lot of ideas moving forward. But here's why I share this story. is because there's a lot of people that are going through their life spiritually exactly how I was going through my life physically at three years old. Let me show you what I mean. They're listening and they're receiving and they're doing whatever the devil delivers at their front door. Why? I don't know. It just showed up. I didn't know. Lack of knowledge. God's Word says that, he says, my people are just destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's important to know God's word. Why? God says if you don't know God's word, what's going to happen? It will literally destroy your life if you don't know his word. Many people are going through their life and everything the devil delivers to their front door, they're saying, oh, this just showed up. It must be for me. It must be mine. It must be, I'm just going to bring it in. It must be a part of my life now. They're listening. They're receiving to whatever the devil delivers and they're blindly taking in whatever comes their way just like a three-year-old who didn't know any better. But they're living in that way spiritually. In fact, let me show you what I mean. First Peter 5, 8, it says this. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The key word there is may, who he may devour. That means uh, we have to give him the opportunity to devour us, right? I got to make myself available for him to devour me. Seeking whom he may devour. How I look at this is like this. The devil is like, he's almost like a delivery driver. He's driving up and down the streets of people's lives, and he's looking at people's, the house of their life. And he's looking, and he's saying, is it, can I deliver something to them? You know, today I'm going to have Gavin help me out. Gavin's going to be our friendly neighborhood delivery boy here. Uh, Gavin, go ahead and wheel that on over here. You know, what happens is as we go through our lives, these deliveries show up. And in fact, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. See you next time. He's so professional. He's got a career in that. Um, this tells me this. The devil's driving up and down the street. He's looking for people whom he can deliver harmful things to. 
but specifically he's looking for people who don't know God's word. Why? Because what happens is when these deliveries show up, you're going to be going throughout your life and these deliveries are going to show up, right? And how many people love to get stuff in the mail? Anybody? Like I love it when I got like whoa, Amazon, come on, somebody's got something for me, right? And so I'm going, I'm excited, and this is how people are. Stuff shows up in their life. They're going, they're minding their own business. Something shows up, and then they get it, but we have a choice to make, right? I picked this, this Amazon box up here, and this box says that it's, upon further examination, this says it's full of fear. This box is full of fear. Being afraid of the dark, being afraid of being alone, being afraid of, of things under my bed in my closet, being afraid of what's going on in this world, being afraid of, of, man, losing my job or I lost my job. I don't know. I can't find a job. I'm afraid of what's going to happen. And the devil comes knocking and he says, hey, I got some fear for you. But here's the choice. Too many believers are saying, oh, it showed up. It must be mine, like a three-year-old Dan DeBell. No, no, no. I have to realize when this shows up, number one, i got to realize who's the sender? Who sent this to me? Who sent this fear to my front door? And whenever I realize who sent it to me, I can do something about it. You know, God's Word says this in James 4, 7. It says, resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil. That means I know whenever packages, deliveries show up from the devil that I have an option. I can receive this, make it truth in my life, or... I can resist him. I can get rid of this and say, no, that's not, that's not for me. But here's why it's important to know God's word. How do I resist the devil? I got to speak his word. I got to say it out loud. You know, there's a lot of people who they've taken the spoken word of God and they've said, it's not, that, that doesn't work. It's not just a magic phrase you can say and your problems disappear. And I'm not saying that. But here's what I'm saying. What did Jesus do when he was being he was out in the wilderness, and the devil showed up with a box, a delivery of temptation. What did Jesus do? He spoke what God spoke. He spoke God's word. So how do I resist the devil? i got to speak. i got to know God's word, though, because when fear shows up, i got to know, hang on, is this from God? Well, God's word says this in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God doesn't give me fear. So when fear comes knocking, i got a choice. Am I going to receive this? Is this mine? Am I going to bring it into my house for my whole family to take it? No, no, no. Fear comes showing. It shows up, and as soon as it shows up, I realize, hang on, this box is full of fear. It's not for me. I'm going to get rid of it, and I get rid of it by saying, God has not given me a spirit of fear. In fact, say that after me. Say, God has not given me a spirit of fear. Come on, say it like you mean it. God has not given me a spirit of fear. And what happens is whenever you realize that, you take that fear and you say, I'm done with it. Like, I'm not bringing that into my house. It showed up. I identified it because I know God's word. And then what? I resisted by speaking God's word. And I got it out of my life. The devil's going to continue. He doesn't just stop with fear. Fear's a great tactic to begin with because it all starts with the mind. If I can get one thought of fear. But he's going to continue to deliver things to your life. In fact, I have our friendly neighborhood uh, delivery boy bringing over another package. Here, bring on up here, Gavin. He wants, to, he wants to start with fear, but then he'll move on to something that's a little more personal and that's a little bit bigger. Thank you, sir. Okay. This might be a little awkward to hold. A little more personal and a little bit bigger. 
I got, I'm going throughout my day. And man, as I'm going, there's, I know there's a lot of sickness and stuff going around. There's a virus going around. And I'm going throughout my day, and all of a sudden I feel, man, my throat's getting a little scratchy. I feel a little, a little achy. Before I know it, I realize that the devil's shown up, and he's tried to deliver a package of sickness to me. To me. Hold on, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a disciple. My covenant says that I don't have to have sickness in my life. But the devil would like me to be fearful of sickness, of getting the flu, of getting cancer, of getting all these things, of these, these aches and pains in my life. But i got to say, hang on, is sickness from God? Well, well, what does God's Word say? God's Word says this, that by His stripes, the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Jesus paid for my healing, so sickness can't be from God. So what do I do? It shows up. I can take it. I can receive it. I can lay down to it. I can bow out. Or what do I do? I resist the devil, and he will flee. It showed up. It reared its ugly head at me, but what am I going to do about it? I'm going to speak God's Word, and I'm going to get rid of this thing. And here's the thing. I may speak it once and not see anything change. I may speak it twice and not see anything change. Can I tell you something? Depending on what you're, you're battling, I may speak it for years, but it doesn't mean I stop speaking. It doesn't mean I stop speaking. That's what the devil would love for you to do. Ah, it didn't work the first time. Don't ever try again. No, I'm going to speak life because life and death are in the power of the tongue. I'm going to speak life over my body, over my life, every single day, no matter what pain it is, no matter what sickness it is, no matter how big it is, no matter how small it is. I've taken, uh, just, I've taken control over poison ivy in my life. I used to be deathly allergic to it like crazy. I would get it from the wind, okay? Like that's how allergic I was. If I was near something and the wind blew it towards me, I would get it. I started rebuking it, life and death from the power of the tongue. I said, hang on, I'm not, I'm not dealing with a poison ivy every time I go in the woods. I'm done with it. I speak against it, and I say, you know what? By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Say after me, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Say it again, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And I realized i got to get rid of this sickness. Hang on, I'm not taking that in my life. But the thing we have to realize is this. It doesn't mean it didn't show up. It still came knocking on the door. And though I resisted the devil once, it may show up again tomorrow. It may show up again another time. But when the devil realizes that you know how to resist him, you can reel on up here, Gavin. When he realizes you know how to resist him, when he realizes you know God's word, he's going to make it personal. He's going to get a little more deceiving, a little more tricky with how he approaches. He's not just going to deliver an Amazon box to you. No, he's going to deliver something that's personal. Oh, man, thank you, Mr. Delivery Boy. Man, this one, oh, this one's like my favorite movie ever, Toy Story. Oh, my goodness. This is like wrapped as a present. This one must be for me, right? This, I mean, it's like so personalized, right? It's got my name on it, has my favorite movie on it. This one must be mine. This is exactly what the devil will do. He'll make it personal to you where it feels like it's only yours. No one else deals with it. No one else knows what you feel like. And in this one, this one's simply full of lies. And the devil's lies, the most deceiving ones, are about your identity. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. 
no one likes you. You're too, you're too short, you're too tall, you're too fat, you're too skinny. You don't have what it takes to do what God's asked you to do. It feels personal. Ah, man. And how easy it is in this world, in the world of comparison, to receive that. It feels like mine. It feels so personal to me. Like, I, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I can't. Hold on. This showed up. It feels personal. But what does God's word say? Once again, what's the truth say? Let's look at a verse in Ephesians. It says this, For we are God's masterpiece. Everyone say masterpiece. We're his masterpiece. He was, we were created, he's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Masterpiece. You know what that is? It's an artist's best piece of work. The devil says you're not good enough. But when Jesus looks at you, when God looks at you, he says, man, I did good on them. Wow, I really outdid myself this time. I've put so much in them. I've given them such good gifts. I've given them such talents. I've given them such potential. Man. You say, man, I'm, not, I'm, I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too fat. I'm, I'm too skinny. But God says, no, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're beautiful to him. You may say, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. It may be tough, but don't believe the lie. My grace is sufficient. You'll get through. The devil will make it personal, and he'll lie to you, and he'll say, look, this is yours. Take it. Believe it. Bring it into your house. Put it in your room. Leave it there. Cherish it. It's for you. But God's word says, no, it's not. I am God's masterpiece. Say that after me. Say, I am God's masterpiece. Say it like you mean, I am God's masterpiece. We're his best piece of work, and when we realize that, even though it may be pretty and it may be a nice present, we realize it's just a box full of lies, and it's not mine, and I refuse to receive it. Today, we're talking about resisting the devil, and as I wrap up, James 4, 7 says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But can I show you the beginning of that verse? The most important part of that verse? It says, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit to God. There's a lot of people who, they know God's word, but they haven't submitted to God's word. I know what it says. I know the stories. I can quote the verses. I got the picture verses on my wall in my house. That's great. But have you submitted to his word? Am I obedient to his word? Do I hide his word in my heart? Submit to God. In my commentary in my Bible, I have some commentary by Jack W. Hayford, and he said this. He said, look, there is no place of comfort for the devil in the presence of a joyfully submitted believer who is determined to fully embrace the Lord Jesus and abide by his word. There's no place of comfort. He drives by your house as the delivery man, and he looks at your house, and he says, ah, I've been there a few times. And when I show up there, they, they, they kick me out of there pretty quick. They kick me in the butt on the way out with God's word. I don't want that butt kicking today. And he keeps driving. 
doesn't mean he's not going to try again. But he knows if he shows up, and this should be your goal, if he, devil, you show up at my front door with these lies, with sickness, with fear, you better be suited up, ready for a battle. Because I'm ready to fight. Every believer, I'm ready to fight. Let's go. There's no place of comfort. He doesn't want to be there. That should be the goal. Make it uncomfortable. Why? Because I'm joyfully, not a, not a burden, I'm joyfully submitted to, to God's word as a believer. I'm, I am fully embracing the Lord Jesus. I'm abiding by his word. But let me give you a quote that's not in your notes. Because the opposite of this is true. There is a place of comfort for the devil in the presence of a half-hearted believer whose eyes are not fixed on Jesus and who doesn't obey his word. The opposite is true. There is a place of comfort because he knows he's not going to get his butt kicked. There's no battle there. I'll give them fear every time and they'll receive it. They'll spread it to their spouse. They'll spread it to their kids. I'll give them sickness every time because they'll spread it to their spouse, give it to their friends. I'm going to give them lies all day long. They'll just believe it every single day. There is a place of comfort in the presence of a half-hearted believer whose eyes aren't fixed on Jesus and who's not obeying his word. So what's the goal today? Simple. Submit to God and resist the devil. In order to submit to God, I've got to know his word. In order to resist the devil, I've got to speak his word. And what happens? In all this uncertainty in our, in our world right now, we can take authority over it and we can kick it out. We can kick it out. doesn't matter what the lie is, we can kick it out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you're a good father. You want good things for us. You don't give us fear. You don't put sickness on us. God, you don't, you don't lie to us. You give us truth so that we can be free. You took stripes on your back, Jesus, so that we can have complete healing in Jesus' name. Lord, your word says that you give us power over the enemy when fear shows up. You give us a sound mind. You help us sleep peacefully at night. Thank you, God, that we don't lie awake anxious or worried or fearful, but we don't lose sleep over those things. Those are deliveries from the devil. God, we look to you and your perfect peace, which keeps us, which gives us the sound mind so that we can sleep at night in sweet sleep and in your presence because you live in us. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. And this week we choose as believers to submit to you and to resist the devil. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Home Church Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out homechurchtulsa.com.